At the Coca-Cola Company, Keurig Dr. Pepper, and PepsiCo, our bottles might still look the same, but some of them can be remade in a whole new way. Using 100% recycled plastic, new bottles made using no new plastic except the caps and labels. You'll be seeing more of these new bottles in more places, and that's thanks to you. Because when we get more bottles back, we can use less new plastic. Learn how our bottles are made to be remade at madetoberemade.org. It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Hey, good Saturday morning to you. Ashley Frasca here in the studio, eight minutes after the hour. Looking forward to the show today, and I want you to be a part of it. 404-872-0750. You know, the thing is, you don't even have to have a question to call in. You can certainly call to share your experiences, something that you're trying, something that you want to share with other people, or even if you have an answer for a caller, you hear them ask a question and maybe I don't give a sufficient answer or you've got really good experience with whatever it is they're calling about, call in, chime in, and and give us your knowledge as well. 404-872-0750. I think we're finally getting over all of the rain Last night, I didn't get any up in northwest Georgia, but I'll be darned if it didn't flood in areas of Decatur and Atlanta, in and around I-20, lots and lots of heavy rain. So that has probably kept you from getting some of the things done that you need to. Mowing the grass is a little difficult when it's so soggy. The mower is just sinking into the ground and mosquitoes are crazy. So you remember a few weeks back, we certainly gave you some tips on helping to control mosquitoes in your landscape and wearing something, you know, on your person to to detract them, but also make sure to get rid of those areas of standing water and use dunks if necessary, if there's standing water that you've got to keep around. Uh, Pike has a, a line of products. Bonide makes some, um, a lot of those mosquito repellents. There's one for every situation that you can pick up. They They were eating me alive last night trying to sit on the back deck. So I Quickly came in to enjoy my dinner rather than sitting outside. But the rain has really um, done some good as well. I notice everything's green. A lot of things are keeping their flowers a a lot longer. You do have to be careful in the vegetable garden, though. We still have to think about some cultural, um, you know, cultural controls, things that we can maybe help maintain a little bit to keep away fungus and disease and things that we don't want. So obviously you haven't really had to water a lot lately. Mother Nature's got your back there. But keeping in mind, just checking on the uh, plants and making sure they're not beat down, that the stems aren't broken, you know, from all of the heavy rain and things like that, hoisting things up or propping them up if you need to. And we're getting to the point where we can maybe start a second round or for some of you, maybe a third round of planting certain vegetables. Um, Coming up very soon, I mean, August 1st, but here we are in the middle of July, you can do a second planting of beans, maybe bush beans or pole beans. Also beets, it's coming time to uh, prepare for beets and cauliflower and collard greens, all those kinds of things. Now you want to keep in mind though, you know, you've certainly got to have the space. First of all, I'm still carefully watching my tomatoes carefully watching my squash plants, not quite ready to pull those out just yet. So uh, real estate is an issue for me. 
But when you're planting the new things, and it's fine if you keep the summer crops in there as well, still spacing your plants properly. They've got to have good air circulation over and around the leaves just to dry off the excess moisture caused by dew and humidity and rain. And when you spread that two to maybe four inch layer thick uh, mulch between the plants and around the base as well, just makes it easier on you. I mean, it reduces the weeds and prevents erosion, kind of keeps the soil in place, but also keeps the soil from drying out too quickly. When we do have hot summers that are generally dry, which we had maybe before two or three weeks ago. But, you know, the harmful bacteria and the fungal spores, they live in soil and mulch traps them so they don't splash back onto the leaves of your vegetable plants. And uh, organic mulches break down and they improve the structure and fertility of your garden soil. So it's really a, a triple win for using mulch. And also keep in mind, if you've had vegetable gardens in the same spots for years, you probably know this, but change where you plant your favorite vegetables. Problems occur when three things are present at the same time. If there's a plant pathogen, if there's a favorable condition for that to grow, and then you put in the host plant that that pathogen needs. So maybe tomatoes in the same spot year after year, then tomato-specific diseases and insects are going to build up in the soil. So just rotating the families of crops um, you've got curcubits, you've got legumes, you've got alliums. Those are all the different kind of families of vegetables and making sure that you put them in different places, uh, preferably on a three-year cycle. So something to think about. And I want to hear what maybe you're doing this fall, what kind of vegetables you've got going. 404-872-0750. Yeah, we're still in summer. I'm not trying to fast forward by any means, but uh, still have some tomatoes to harvest and all of that. So we're going to go ahead and jump out to the phones 12 minutes after the hour and go to Chris in Canton. Good morning, Chris. Welcome to the show. Good morning. How you doing? Very good. What's going on? Hey, I'm losing a lot of leaves off my apple trees. And I, I thought it was a little early. I noticed, uh, like, a lot of the uh, bread, for, not the bread for Paris, uh, but the, uh, a lot of the... Uh, uh, cherry trees, you know, I'm losing some leaves off them also. Uh, but is that normal for, for this time of year? I figured it'd still be at least a month or so away. Yeah, I mean, it can be, you know, changes in the weather and the climate. Granted, we haven't had big changes in the temperature necessarily, um, but all of the rain and just that's kind of the tree's way of dealing with that. Also, any kind of pests and disease. So you definitely want to be careful to look for see- things like aphids and scale and white flies. Um, anything like that that's going to be eating into the leaves or just weakening the tree, again, that's going to be, you know, kind of a result. Um, Also, transplant shock, but that's probably not the case for you. You haven't transplanted it. Obviously, this would be a terrible time of year to do so. Um, Over-fertilizing, too, that can often be more harmful than positive. So um, when applying fertilizers, you know, it's important to read the label knowing what you're putting in, but have do do any of those things sound relevant to you, Chris? I mean, have you checked for pests? Yeah, well, I got a, uh, what is the, uh, it's not a June bug, it's a smaller bug, and it's all over the place. Uh, they're eating my leaves, too, which not, not particularly on my apple tree, but I forget what these bugs are called. They've got like a hard shell. Sort okay. Of like a, it's uh, not a Japanese beetle, is it? More of a green? Yeah, yeah, that's possibly what it is, Japanese beetles. Uh, I threw seven dust on it, hoping that would deter them, but uh, we'll see about that. But the, but, it, but the, every time it does it, the rain 
rains and it washes everything off, so I just try to redo it. So. Right, and but, there may be something more systemic that you might want to try when you go into the nursery, a systemic insecticide. That way you're applying it at the base of the tree um, and making sure that it takes it up through the roots and goes in through the tree. That way it's not being washed off with the rain. Okay. But that Sounds could good. be, now did you get a yield? Did you get any apples? Oh yeah, it's full of apples. It is, so, you yeah, know, that's, uh, that's the plus about it. So it's, it's hard, it's pretty good. I've waited several years and pulled, you know, just kept pulling the fruit off, trying to get it big. So, because uh, I made a mistake by other trees. So I'm, I'm learning as I go, but uh, real quick, I know you gotta go. Can I, can you still plant another crop of corn? I heard you talking about planting. Oh, are you are you asking if you can do another one? Yes. I think so. Yeah, let me okay. see. I'm going to look at my list for that because that's something I've not done. Um, it's getting a little late. So, yeah, yeah, your first planting back in, like, late March or whatever. The next uh -huh. one, at least for middle Georgia, but generally the whole state, unless you're super on the outskirts, June 1st to July 20th is what's recommended by the Extension Service. So July 20th, I mean, we're kind of right at the cusp there. So I think you could do it in Canton. You're probably fine. Okay. Um, and All let right. me ask you, too, about your apple tree. Do you thin it out? Like, as you're getting a ton of apples, you know, the weight of those on the branches yeah. and all that, do you go through it? I mean, it kills you, but you got to thin them out and remove some? Yes, because I called you last year on my pear trees, and I, I thinned them out for years, and, and it was hard and finally great fruit, but it just split my trees all over. It was just too heavy. Yeah. So I'm doing that with the apple tree now, just, you know, I haven't harvested for like four years, and so now, or three years probably. So now, it's, I, I, uh, yeah, I probably took off maybe half the fruit. You know, uh, I don't know if that's wise, but but uh, you know, I I think it's smart. It's it is so important to thin it out because you know, I mean, you're so patient. You have to wait two, three, four years to finally get everything yeah. to where you want to get it. But I think that's wise for air circulation, for not stressing the the limbs out on the tree and I mean the ones that are getting the energy now that you've kept on the tree are going to be that much better so good job I okay. think you're you're well on your way Chris all right thank you all right call, call me anytime good to hear from you 404-872-0750 in just a minute we'll talk to DJ and Decatur a question about a fertilizer spray we'll see what he's trying to fertilize and you know you have to consider the right time of year you fertilize things when they're in active growth so there are some things now that we're not so worried about fertilizing like we did really heavily back in the spring and early summer summer as things started to fade but yeah fertilizer pretty key with a lot of things so we'll talk to dj and hopefully talk to you 404 872 and then at the bottom of the hour I have a special interview that I want to share with you. You know, if you've been listening to WSB, our 21st annual Carathon is coming up. That is the big community project that we do, a 37-hour broadcast. So it spans from next Thursday morning all the way into Friday afternoon as you're driving home from work. All of our hosts are involved. Our entire staff is involved. And we raise money for the Aflac Cancer and Blood Disorder Center of Children's Healthcare of Atlanta and they're getting a new hospital. I don't know if you've heard. They're so excited about the state-of-the-art $1.5 billion hospital to cure more kids, to fund more research, to do all kinds of things, not only for families in Georgia, but throughout the country and sometimes throughout the world. So I have a special interview. But it's going to pertain to gardening. Don't you worry. I'm not straying too far off the path. And then Walter Reeves and Walter Wonders. We're going to set that up at a little bit different time today. So maybe if you're just getting started, you're not going to miss it. It's going to be at 7 o'clock. 404 It's green and growing on 95.5 WSB. 
Currently 72 degrees on Peachtree Street, partly cloudy today and tomorrow. And today it's going to be a mix of hazy smoke, sunshine and clouds with a couple of isolated thunderstorms afternoon or early evening. You know, yesterday was like a code orange smog alert because of the uh, smoke from the wildfires. You can read a little bit more about that on Kirk Mellish's blog at WSBRadio.com under weather. That's fascinating that it's affecting us this far east. And tomorrow, high of 91, a low of 73. Green and Growing Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. And by the way, the weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. So number one, as we talked about, start a fall crop. You can do Brussels sprouts, broccoli, cauliflower, Um, You can start to sow seeds for pumpkins, beans, squash, cucumbers. I don't know where that list is from. I I wouldn't necessarily do cucumbers now, but maybe not. Uh, Plant carrots mid-month. That would be fun. Brussels sprouts, they're they're a little more uh, trying for sure. 15 to 18 inches apart in rows that maybe have 30 inches in between. So they want a lot of space and they're heavy feeders, so they want a lot of food. Number two, if your hosta and azalea stems have kind of a white powder covering them, it may be the waxy coating of a plant hopper. And they don't do much damage, but it can spread disease. So just be on the lookout for that. And a lot of your little purple flowers are starting to fall off your hostas as well. Those were fun. Uh, spray with the garden insecticide if it's bothering you, but it's probably not going to hurt the azaleas, hostas, and other things like that. And number three, sunflowers. They're ready to harvest when the back of the head turns brown. So think about that and save those sunflower seeds, certainly. All right, I have about a minute and a half. DJ Indicator, good morning. Glad you called. Good morning. Uh, this is actually for bare spots in the lawn. I saw a commercial on TV, and Home Depot sells it. It's a container that you attach a water hose to, and it sprays out seeds, fertilizer, and mulch. And I just wanted to know what you thought about that. Interesting. Um, and then is it advertised as a you know warm season or cool season, or did they say? Um, basically warm. Okay, so that would be like maybe a bottle of seed for Bermuda or centipede or something like that. You know, DJ, I cannot speak uh, intelligibly on that because I don't know. It's interesting that it's an all-in-one. If it does have seed, I would imagine that that's really, you know, the start that you need. But also when you do have bare spots too, rather than just spraying something on them to try to make them fill in – that really is indicative of something. There, it's bare for a reason. There's, there's a reason why the grass isn't growing there. So, looking at that first before you do any kind of treatments or add seed, break up the soil a little bit. Maybe it's too compacted. Maybe it's an area on the lawn that's not receiving the same amount of sunlight as the rest, and that's why grass is successfully not growing there. Also, there could be pathogens in the soil that are keeping something from growing. So I would look at the soil first before any gimmicks or anything like that. Make sure it is ready to receive seed, have something new uh, planted there. But if anybody's tried that, let's answer DJ. Let's see if it's believable. 404-872-0750. We'll be back with Chris Shillette from Children's Healthcare of Atlanta at the bottom of the hour. A new green space you don't want to miss coming up on Green and Growing. with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB.
Hey, it's Ashley Frasca. You're listening to Green and Growing here on 95.5 WSB. And you know what? We are five days away from our 21st annual WSB Radio Carathon. Those of you that are longtime listeners know exactly what I'm talking about. Everything we do for that 37 hours of broadcast, usually at the end of July at about this time of year, benefits Children's Healthcare of Atlanta and the Aflac Cancer and Blood Disorder Center there. Our staff has a tremendous time doing this each and every year. It's one of the big projects we take pride in, and we work carefully with Children's Healthcare throughout the year to really make this happen. So if you remember this time last year, I was joined by the Vice President of Planning, Design, and Construction for Children's Healthcare, Chris Shillette. Welcome back to A Garden Show on WSB Radio. Thanks for having me. It's exciting to be back. (laughs) So, yes, this time last year, you were my celebrity gardener, and I couldn't wait to talk to you again because so much has happened in 12 months, and I need to let folks know exactly what you've got your hands in right now. Okay, we're going to (laughs) throw out some big numbers. A 1.5 million square foot hospital for children's health care that's going to be located right in that Brookhaven area of North Druid Hills and I-85. You've driven by it. You see the work. You see the progress. $1.5 $1.5 billion this project costs, and Arthur Blank generously you know, gave a lot of money towards that to really get this thing done. Are we still looking at 2025, Chris, thereabout? We are, absolutely. We are right on track. Uh, despite a pandemic over the past year and despite the crazy labor market we are here in here in Atlanta, it's, uh, our progress is, is really just tremendous uh, over the past uh 12, 18 months. And, and yeah, we're right on track for 2025 opening. Incredible. So much depends on the opening of this hospital. And of course, many of you from the Atlanta area know, you know, the different campuses. We've got um, the Scottish Rite campus and two other campuses as well. And a lot of stuff is just going to be converging here in the Brookhaven area. And uh, your donations to the Carathon next week go towards everything that's essential to get childhood cancer patients and sickle cell blood disorders in and out of there, much healthier when they leave than when they came in and all the research involved and all of that. So, Chris, I want to talk about your title, Vice President of Planning, Design, and Construction. What all does that encompass? That's indoors, outdoors, <laughs> everything, isn't it? It's it's really everything, and, and it's it's everything we do as a system. So, you know, I uh, have the, the absolute uh, pleasure of being a part of Arthur and Blank Hospital's construction and, and really leading our team's effort for that. But there's just still so much work that we, we continue to do every day at, at Scottish Riot at Eggleston, Hughes Balding, and all of our neighborhood locations. So it's really fun to be a very, very small part of the organization. And, you know, we're, we're a pretty visible part as you walk in the door and see our environments and and as you walk into our gardens you know that that's what I'm that, that's what I manage and that's what that's it's just such an amazing thing yeah being a part of a project this is probably the project of a lifetime because of oh, the impact sure. that it has the difference it's making i mean not that office buildings aren't important and you know duplexes and retail areas aren't important to the economy and everything but saving lives here on the campus of children's healthcare and the cutting edge work that's being done in research and technology that this building is going to house holy cow chris like i did a walk through and i think every floor is going to have its own operating room that's incredible yeah it's you know it's just such an amazing thing to be part of something i mean we touch over 400,000 uh, individual kids every year wow. Uh, with with visits and you know over the years I've got I've got young kids who probably you know they'll be in high school when we open in 2025 but you know their kids can experience this uh, you know their kids kids it's it's really amazing to think about the millions and millions of uh, of people 
uh, that will touch uh, even just at you know at Arthur and Blank, but also just across the system. And it's just it's very humbling be honest with you. It is. And, you know, we, we always hammer this point home every year during the Carathon that this hospital is not just for Atlanta residents, not just for Georgia residents. They get patients from all over the country and sometimes different parts of the world. But as far as your job with the construction and people that you've met with and things you all are kind of getting to show off, are you able to say, like, your visitor to the construction site, what is the furthest away that they've been from to come to the Brookhaven area? Oh, gosh, you know, um, we, we've had families from, you know, we, we do these family advisory uh, councils, and it's just amazing to meet the individuals and, and the families that are impacted. And they come from all over. You're right. I mean, it's, you know, it's just it, we've got some as local as Brookhaven. We've got, you know, across across the state, as you said. And, I mean, it's just really amazing to meet the, the people that just travel in and, and the dedication that, that they give to their kids to make sure they are here to get the best care, to, to get, you know, in some cases, they come here, you know, from from South Georgia once a week uh, to right. to get care in some of our facilities. It's just amazing. It's yeah, just it's, it's got to feel like home. And I know the nurses and the doctors and the staff there at Children's Healthcare do a fantastic job of making these kids feel at ease. And speaking of kids, this a young crowd of honorary construction managers that you have that are kind of like little ducklings follow you around. How was Arthur Blank involved in that? Oh gosh, you know, so uh this what a great idea to get uh to to get the, the, the honorary construction managers engaged in the process. And so Arthur set uh set them a uh a task and it was to help us monitor construction and make sure that we're doing all the right things that we need to be doing and it's just been a lot of fun. They come in with of course bright eyes open and, and just being a part of a big, big construction site and you know, they, they come and we talk and and it's the the questions they have. They are so engaged and they are so excited and, and they give great feedback and input. And it's just been such a great thing. And then they go back and, and report back. And, and fortunately, it's all been positive reports where we're doing great on schedule and, and, and progress. So it's all been good. But not, it's, it's a really fun process with them. They're not needling you with questions that are too hard, huh? Oh, absolutely. They do. It, it's fun to get questions from, uh, you know, from an 11 year old about, uh, you know, what we're putting in and why we made decisions and things like that. Wow. It's a different it's a different uh, thought process than we as adults think about in the in, in here. So it's it's been a lot of fun. So the honorary construction managers, the kids are, are, are more than just wearing a hard hat and getting to see the construction equipment. They're kind of seeing the day to day and understanding oh, the whys and the hows. I love it. That's right. Yeah, we had uh, one of our honorary construction managers kicked off our big safety week for the construction teams. And there was about 400 construction workers on site. And, uh, you know, uh, one of the the construction managers got up on a scaffold and he just gave an amazing speech. And, uh, you know, tears were flowing from, you know, guys in hard hats and safety vests and, you know, just, you know, the the typical construction worker that you think of. And, you know, they're so touched by it. And so, yeah, they're the, the it's it's just it's just such a big part, and I think it really helps everybody out here working connect to the mission of what we're doing here. Yeah, I think it's fair to say you probably have one of the most meaningful and most fun job sites there is. And so with the focus here you know, on landscaping and gardening and things like that, mm-hmm. I do want to turn to some of the green space, gardens, trails, uh, sure. outdoor seating areas. All of that is so key to the relaxation and the tranquility that can, you know, it can provide the families who are there at the most stressful 
and albeit, you know, sad parts of their lives. So um, talk to me a little bit about just some of the highlights of things that families are going to get to enjoy outside of the hospital on the campus. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think the biggest thing, uh, you know, when you look at our campuses today, they're almost just big, you know, concrete masses. And, you know, having 78 acres here at North Red Hills, and we've dedicated 20 acres to our gardens and outdoor space. And that's just such a big difference than the normal hospital, even in the community environment. Mm-hmm. You just don't get that kind of connection to the to the environment and the, the, the long-term dedication to the gardens. But we really got four big garden areas. Uh, of course, we've got a main garden, which is, you know, fairly similar to what we have today at both hospitals, much, much larger, of course. And it's it's a place where patients, families, staff can can either walk through beautiful landscaping or they'll be able to sit in kind of the respite areas on a bench and just take a quiet moment. They can eat. You know, you can get to the garden from our, our dining area so they can go eat outside. I mean, just an amazing, uh, just an amazing space. That's that's our primary garden. And we've got uh, what we call the Great Lawn. And the Great Lawn is really more public facing. And it's it's about the size of a football field. And wow. it's, it's for everything that you can imagine that can happen out there. It's from everything from Easter egg hunts to large events to uh, you know, things that we can't even imagine that can happen out there, but even going out and, you know, throwing the football and just, I mean, just getting out there and, and running around and, uh, having two boys, they, uh, they have a lot of energy and I know that, uh, getting that energy out is important. So the Great Lawn is just going to be an amazing space. And then wow. we've got, uh, the Eggleston Historic Garden. So that's kind of a tribute to our current garden that we have today at Eggleston. And, you know, the Eggleston Garden means so much to so many people. I mean, it's, it's just such a special place where, you know, you hear stories of, of former patients coming back and getting getting engaged in the garden or even getting married in the garden. And, and for a lot of a lot of families, it, it represents the perhaps the, the last moment they were with their child. And so that we really wanted to bring the 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 special just feeling of that garden yeah. over to over to Arthur and Blank Hospital. So we've created the Eggleston Historic Garden for that. And then last but not least, and this is really one of the best, is the outdoor activity garden. So uh, we've got a space where, where patients and their siblings can really go. Uh, it's, it's kid and teen friendly. They can go shoot basketball. They can go play putt-putt. They can, um, you know, any number of outdoor activities to just run and play and be a kid. And we've got a, we've got a garden dedicated straight for that. So really awesome. And that's all part of that 20 acres. And then there's just so much more. I mean, almost three miles of walking trails. There's uh, a dog park for our therapy dogs that, you know, I think will expand and programming wow. over time. So, I mean, it's just, it's just really an amazing, amazing adventure. No stone left unturned. Everything was taken into consideration. Like you said, out of these 78 acres, Chris, that's right, 20 was set aside for all of the things you just talked about? That's right. Wow. That's right. That's incredible. And now one other thing, too, there are other buildings right there um, yeah. along North Druid Hills and I-85, and one of which uh, which we are going to be broadcasting from, kind of the support building for the children's health care staff. And uh, one of those, among others, are LEED certified. So buildings on the campus are L-E-E-D certified. What does that mean? Yeah, so uh, USGBC, United States uh, Green Building Council, has a certification program of the more sustainable or the more uh, green the building is, then the higher the certification is. So it's at the lowest level, it's certified silver, gold, and platinum. And obviously platinum is very, very difficult uh, to achieve. And there's projects here in Atlanta that have done it. But uh, so for us, the Center for Advanced Pediatrics, which we opened in uh, 2018, 
that achieved lead gold. So mm-hmm. it's a very, very sustainable, very uh, environmentally friendly building for us. Uh, the new support center that opened um, in 2020 uh, just actually uh, a few weeks ago uh, achieved lead silver. So we're very excited about that. And then uh, the new hospital, Arthur and Blank Hospital, is well on its way to, to have a lead certification as well. So, yeah, it's just an important piece of it. I mean, you know, obviously the 20 acres of, of uh, dedicated green space, but it, it plays with what we're doing and the decisions we're making in the buildings. I mean, we've got to be conscious about the water usage. We've got to be conscious mm-hmm. about the energy usage. We've got to be conscious about the materials we're selecting because as much of an awesome environment we're creating outside, we want that that same experience and that same quality on the inside of the buildings. Absolutely. The pride that all of you have in this groundbreaking project is huge. Again, 1.5 million square foot hospital that's going to be right here in Atlanta, Georgia. We're so lucky to have that. And Chris Chalet, I am very grateful to you, Vice President of Planning, Design, and Construction for Children's Healthcare. I know during the Carathon next Thursday and Friday, I will run into you at that Children's Support Building, and I hope to meet you in person. You've been a fantastic guest on Green and Growing. Well, thanks for having me again, and I look forward to the the next few years as we get closer to opening. And uh, we're just excited. I really appreciate everybody's support for for the WSB Carathon and for specifically Aflac Cancer and Blood Disorder Center. Yes, thank you, Chris. All right, thanks to all of you as well. We're going to be right back. Take a break, check traffic and weather. You're listening to 95.5 WSB. Thank you, Scott. Meteorologist Kirk Mellish. And have you heard Christina Edwards this week? She's doing a fantastic job taking over when Kirk retires at the end of the month. So tune into Atlanta's Morning News and you'll get to hear a little bit of Christina as she's getting her feet wet here on WSB. We welcome her with open arms. All right. The weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Today, you know, it's summertime, so there's got to be a chance for an isolated shower, right? Uh, Temperatures are going to be in the low to mid 80s. And then tomorrow, same thing, partly cloudy skies, a high of around 90, lows in the low 70s. Green Green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. All right, so about half an hour ago, talking about starting a fall crop of Brussels sprouts and broccoli, cauliflower, and kale. And outdoors, you can sow pumpkin seeds, bean seeds, and squash seeds. You know, it's really interesting. Not all seeds respond well to transplanting, right? So you've got your tomatoes that you start in little pods, and then you can move those plants outside. But there are seeds that need to be direct sown, and you're going to sow them where they're going to live. And those are some of the larger seeds. They just do well staying in place. So when you're thinking about doing carrots or sunflowers or beets, plan to put those where you're going to allow them to grow. And number two, if you're hosta and azalea stems, you see this white powder covering them, kind of like a waxy looking white on the stems, maybe from plant hopper insects, but don't worry, it doesn't do a whole lot of damage. If it's unsightly and it's bothering you, you can use a garden insecticide, but honestly, the hostas are doing just fine. On occasion, it can spread diseases, not a big worry. And number three, sunflowers. They're ready to harvest when the back of the head turns brown. So keep that in mind. Who doesn't want to save sunflower seeds, right? 
404-872-0750. Coming up in the next hour, Walter Reeves, we're going to have a great conversation about ground covers. If you've given up on grass, if you're beating your head against the wall, you just can't grow it, we've got some great ideas for you. Low-maintenance ground covers. Maybe have a pen and paper handy. And then coming up at 730, my guest who's in studio right now, Dr. David Coyle from Clemson University. We're going to talk about invasive species and tree and forest health and so much more. And he can answer your questions too. We're going to put him to the test. 404-872-0750. I'm Ashley Frasca. This is 95.5 WSP. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.